1: Sports Center. Good afternoon. Ryan Tutel, Colton Iwanis. Here's some sports news for you. Last weekend, all three Missoula High School Class AA football teams posted victory on the same Friday night. How about that? Missoula Sentinel moved to 2-0 with a stifling defensive effort spurred on by an 85-yard punt, return for a touchdown by future Grizz Jackson Lee in a 21-3 win over Billings Sr. Hellgate, who had a bye week the first week of the season, won their season opener for the first time since 2000, routing Billings Skyview 39-0. And Missoula Big Sky, they earned their first win of the season with an impressive 21-18 upset victory. Over number five Bozeman, through
0: two weeks, defending state champion Billings West, the only Eastern Double A team with an unblemished record, the Golden Bears ran past Big Sky in the opener, then dismantled Flathead last week. Four teams: Butte High, Helena High, Helena Capital, and Missoula Sentinel. In the Western Double A, are two and zero so far, and the East they have just three wins cumulatively, two by Billings West, th- and the third by
1: Bozeman. The West eleven and four overall. Hamilton and Frenchtown each moved to 2-0 last week, accelerating their collision course for the Week 5 showdown, which they'll have. Carson Rostad, the reigning Lontana Gatorade Player of the Year at quarterback for Hamilton, has already thrown 10 touchdowns for the Bronx in wins over Butte Central and Corvallis. Frenchtown junior Jace Klusiewicz has already scored six touchdowns in leading his Bronx to wins over Dillon and Butte Central. Also, uh, this week, Frenchtown plays Corvallis. Hamilton is at Stevensville. Time to talk to a coach. That's one pretty well known in the state of Montana, Robin Flugrad. It is to tell New Wannas, one or two nine ESPN radio. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at twenty nine oh four West Broadway and Missoula, Highway eighty three and Celia and online at Kurtz Polaris dot com. Uh, it is time for our Opportunity Bank Coaches Corner opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity and coulter uh you caught up with robin flugrad earlier today uh, obviously a former montana coach and maybe not as many people know also a former oregon football coach from 2006 to 2008. He was the wide receivers coach for the oregon ducks he is a eugene oregon native so uh from that part of the world bounced around all over the place uh, for quite a while then was out of coaching after his uh time at montana and is now back in Uh, this time at Northern Arizona where he is the assistant uh, or associate head coach with Chris Ball, so uh, uh, helping uh, out that. And his son also on the staff there, which you'll hear about as well. But kind of coming full circle a little bit for Robin Flugrad. And uh, uh, now with the Grizz Oregon game looming, who better to talk to uh, than a guy who's been both places, right?
0: And he had a brief stop coaching at a junior college in Phoenix, and I thought that was an interesting dynamic to the resurrection of his career as well because – Junior colleges are in a state of flux right now. On one hand, junior college football is getting more exposure than it ever has because of Last Chance U. I think that people that have been in the media industry for a long time have always found junior college football fascinating because you have so many different types of guys. You have guys that aren't ready to play D1 football yet physically. Or you have guys that are completely ready to play D1 physically, but they're not ready academically or socially or we have guys that come from terrible backgrounds or guys that got in trouble when they're in high school and it's just a mistake and they need to get back on track. Those are the sort of things that we live for, those sort of stories of redemption. That's that's what makes sports cool is the opportunity to maybe remedy yourself or, or better yourself. And so Coach Flugrad got to experience that as well. Uh, but it's an interesting dynamic on the staff because Chris Ball and Robin Flugrad coached together at Washington State back when uh, the Cougs went to the Rose Bowl, 2002 season, the 2003 Rose Bowl. So that was their initial connection. And I'm sure it's also a surreal experience to have uh, to be coaching on a staff where your son is your boss. <laughs> right. Robin Flugrad's the assistant head coach, but he's the tight ends coach. So in the offensive meetings, Aaron Flugrad is the one running the show. So uh, it was good to catch up with Coach Flugrad uh, and just the journey he has been on over the last six or seven years since leaving Montana.
1: There you go. It's Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner. Clinton Nguanis with Robin Flugrad
0: we going out of the Rangage Brothers RV Hotline. Welcome in Robin Flugrad, former head coach at the University of Montana, assistant coach at Oregon, and now the assistant head coach and tight ends coach on Chris Ball's staff at Northern Arizona. Robin, thanks so much for being with us. Welcome back to being on the airwaves in Missoula.
3: Oh, you're welcome.
0: Love it, yeah. <laughs> well, tell us first of all about getting back, uh, working, coaching college football at the Division One level at Northern Arizona. What was the path like to get back to NAU and – what do you think of just your time in Flagstaff so far?
3: Well, you know the—I tell you—the past uh, after the Montana days, you know, there was some—you know—very unique challenges. You know, some things that you go through, and uh, boy, when you throw in adversity, you know, you always talk to your players about it every day. You're going to have some, and how do you respond to it? And so that was a challenge for quite a while, and finally got some employment down at Weber State, and honestly, we weren't very good, and uh, <laughs> you know, so. You know they took care of that too, so I ended up down at Phoenix College, uh, junior college, in, in the city of Phoenix, and uh, you know you just wear a lot of hats at that level, and uh, it, it was actually quite rewarding. We inherited 0 and 54 team, and uh, we actually won five games, and you know talk of accomplishments, I don't know if there's been any any better in my career, I would say, and then I was able to. Um, you know, hooked back up with Coach Sowers and, and uh, then was able to stay on here with Coach Ball. Coach Ball and I were together at Washington State, and and we actually um, won the league and went to the Rose Bowl together uh, a few years back. So, uh, you know, you are hired by a guy you really trust and believe in, and it's, it's really been a neat experience.
0: You mentioned your time coaching junior college football. I think that that junior college football has been fascinating to me for a long time. And I think that there's been more of a spotlight on it the last couple of years because of the rise of last chance, you on Netflix and everybody's kind of getting an in-depth look. But to me, you mentioned kind of the rewarding nature of it. And it seems like so many times the kids that come to junior college, you know, maybe didn't get an opportunity or need a second chance or, you know, need to get their academics in order, but it seems like a great place to watch young men sort of develop and maybe get that next opportunity. So from that element, what did you think of just coaching junior college ball? What was that like for you to kind of watch some guys maybe take that opportunity and then develop and, and, and get a chance to, to move up and move on?
3: Well, it, it was it was very rewarding because, you know, you, you're you the fundraiser. You, you know, you're doing everything you can. Uh, you know, we even got a pregame meal going, and some of these players had never had that. And, and there's such a diverse uh, background from all these different players from, you know, some – multi-million dollar families from Scottsdale down to the inner cities of Phoenix and just to, you know, get 90 players to, to work together. And most of the four schools in, in Phoenix or Maricopa County, by the end of the season, were down to 50 some players. And, and, you know, the ability just to put a program together, keep it together and watch some of these players move forward, not only at football, but academically to have a chance to go on to a four-year school and get a degree I think that's been the most rewarding part of it, and I had a player named Damon Sheehy who just got cut by the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. You know, he was basically a walk-on for us, and and uh, found his way into camp, and and unfortunately got cut. But you know, the just those rewards to be around those types of players, and and a lot of them are not some of them are not gifted academically. So you're spending a lot of time trying to teach them how to study and and uh, get them the resources they need to be able to move on and be. You know, become productive citizens and hopefully great, great husbands and fathers.
0: Junior college football went away in Arizona. Was that a surprise to you when they decided to, to cut junior college football across the state? Well,
3: it was. Unfortunately, I had I had gone to junior college in the northwest um, in Gresham on Community College, and and that league folded uh, shortly after I transferred to Portland State. I think it lasted another eighteen months. So we really. You know, our blueprint was never to have it drop because some of us had been through that. And, um, you know, Yakima had a team, Tre- Treasure Valley in Ontario, Oregon, and Tri Cities and Spokane Falls. And, you know, it was a great league. And Walla Walla held out for a while. And we even took some Walla Walla players when I was at Montana the first time. And they had great careers as Grizzlies. But I just didn't want that to happen again. And so we, we did a lot of fundraising. And we actually had enough money in the bank to last. Uh, two more seasons uh, without borrowing from anybody. Uh, we, we've done an outstanding job, you know, raising money. But unfortunately it was uh, across the county and, uh, you know, they just made the decision that it was cost-prohibited, which, again, we tried to prove that it wasn't. We tried to prove as long as we could to, to give those players an opportunity to, you know, get a couple years of school under their belt. And unfortunately it folded and they're – you know, they're trying to bring it back in, in a different capacity, and I, I sure hope and pray that they, they can bring it back because that's, that's 400 students. And then eastern Montana, excuse me, eastern Arizona and western Arizona also dropped. Right. So now you have Snow College in Ephraim, Utah as the the lone survivor and now you wonder where they're gonna play, you know, so it's it's kind of a sad deal right now. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Robin Flugrad joining us on the rankage Brothers R V phone line, currently the assistant head coach at Northern Arizona University, former the head formerly the head coach at the University of Montana. You mentioned crossing paths with Chris Ball for the first time when you guys were at Washington State and that 2002 season that culminated in a Rose Bowl bid in the 2003 Rose Bowl. Uh, but now Chris Ball takes over for a guy who was an institution in the Big Sky Conference. Jerome Sowers, one of the longest tenured coaches in the history of the league there at NAU for 22 years, and he's always been you know, a, gr- a great source and a great um, mentor of mine. He's always given me such good stuff and taught me so much about football. I know we miss him in the league, but it seems like Chris Ball has really – Given an injection of energy to Northern Arizona football, what are some of the things you think that Coach Ball has brought to the table, and what's the the experience been like working for him in his first role as a head coach?
3: Well, I, I think first of all, you know, he's going to bring a unique style. You know that he, you know, whether through his head coaches that he had it, you know, Mike Price was such a wonderful mentor to all of us at, at Washington State, and then uh, Todd Graham and Mike Norvell and the, the two other coaches that Coach Ball has has you know been under their tutelage, and, and he's. uh bringing, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of energy to practice. And, and I think that the players have responded well to that type of, uh, philosophy and that belief system. And I, I think with the, with the staff, you know, we're, we're working really hard. We're grinding pretty hard and realizing that, uh, it doesn't, doesn't turn around in, in, uh, 24 hours. It's very similar to when we took the Montana job with coach Reed. Uh, you know, we went six and five that first year and, I'll be darned! They wanted to give us a parade in Missoula. Uh, now, now six and five in Missoula. You know, you might get a parade going out of town. So, <laughs> <No doubt. laughs> so you know, expectations are always a little different wherever you go, and the relativity of football is something that Coach Ball really wants to raise the the bar, and uh, obviously, the assistants we want to uh, do the same thing for him and the program.
1: Coulter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot.
0: We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls, I love Rainbows, and I love the Blackfoot River.
1: You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase Hugely, the the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana.
0: It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for internet, voice, professional services, anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expanding their
1: fiber network into Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call. 866-541-5000 866-541-5000 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com.
0: i got to ask you about working with your son now, Aaron Flugrad, who was a great receiver both at Oregon and Arizona State and then I uh, joined the the northern Arizona staff first coach and wide receivers in 2015 and now in his second season as the offensive coordinator there there I know that Aaron played for you when you were the receivers coach at Oregon so what's it been like to watch his coaching evolution and what's that like being on the same staff with your son
3: well it, it is a little bit of that role reversal you know and it was it was as coach as a coach when he was playing you know he he really had to do everything perfect for you know for me to you know, say, hey, well, now you can get some reps, and maybe that. Looking back, maybe that wasn't totally fair to him, but he overcame all that, and uh, you know, started some quite a few games as a freshman, and we had some injuries, and he, him, and a couple other freshmen fit in really well, and he helped real well with the punt return game. But you know, the thing that that he is, you know, he's he's very laser focused on on you know being a football coach, being a coordinator, and. You know that part of it. He's he's you know you know been as good as anybody I've been around, and and uh, you know causes all of us to be laser focused too. So you know he'll he'll challenge me a lot as a as a uh, staff member, as a position coach, and I have to remind him that I will challenge him to be a great son as well. So so some days are are really really interesting around the hallways here in Flagstaff.
0: Robin Flugrad joining us on the Rengat Brothers RV phone line. He is the current assistant head coach, and tight ends coach at Northern Arizona University, formerly the head coach at the University of Montana. University of Montana plays at Oregon. And, Coach, that's a program that you have some ties to, and you obviously have deep ties in Missoula, having worked here for a long time both as an assistant and as the head coach. So, uh, first of all, tell us about your time at Oregon because it seems as if Oregon has yeah, they have been such a solid program for so long, but the last 10 years they've really kicked this thing into overdrive and become consistently nationally elite, both on the recruiting stage and just competitively in the Pac twelve and on the national scene. Overall, what have you thought of just the way that Oregon's program has grown and blossomed over these last ten or so years?
3: Well it's 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 been really, really impressive and I you know, a lot of people say, well hey they got they got Phil Knight and they got Nike and through 'em all of a sudden and, and sure there's there's is a direct correlation. There's no question about that. And you know, they were one of the first schools to get an indoor facility, especially in a rainy basically rainy type of climate and be able to practice indoors and take their winter conditioning program, I think to a different level, uh, just, just by having a, some facilities that, that happened that way. And, and again, credit them and credit what they've done. Um, you know, again, when I was able to go there in 06 and seven and eight, and I think there was many things we were on the cutting edge of, you know, obviously that the uniforms and the recruiting part of it and, and, you know, that, that was a lot of, you know, what the sparkle and the pizzazz and, and, you know, a lot of young, young men are, are really attracted to that as we found out in the recruiting part of it. And, you know, the, towards the end of, of coach Pilotti's tenure there, and he did such a great job. And then it, in, in comes Chip Kelly and, you know, from New Hampshire and bringing a whole different style of the, the temple offense and. And and personally, it was it was a great experience for me just to learn as a coach and and grow that way and and I think some things that I learned there really helped me you know to become a, a head coach for the University of Montana and a couple of years after that so so those were all you know great situations for me I think you know Oregon I grew up in Eugene and it was a totally different type of school at that time mm-hmm. you know all those new facilities all that was was a parking lot full of mud puddles when I was growing up so. That's that's kind of the Oregon I, I remember and then when I went back in O six it was like I kinda of like, wow, this is really cool and then they they just really about oh five and six is when they really started, you know, moving towards that national level and, and uh I think they, they have an outstanding team, an outstanding program this year. Um, I did see the Auburn game, I did not see any of the Nevada games, so um I, I think they came back and played really, really well against Nevada from what I've heard.
0: Seventy-seven points, pretty darn. Pretty yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, no, no doubt. Robin Plugar joining us on the Rengas Brothers RV phone line, and, and Coach. You mentioned Don Reed earlier on in, in this segment, and I know he's a guy that you worked for for a long time between Portland State and Montana. So, um, and he's you know in Missoula now. He he is nothing short of legendary. Definitely the the godfather of the modern era of Grizz football, and, and the guy that helped lay the foundation for all the great success the University of Montana experienced. Uh, between that national championship in 1995, all the way up through your tenure as the head coach, what sort of influence do you think Don Reed both had on you and on the University of Montana football program?
3: Well, I think on on me personally, it was it, it was really a a matter of uh, <clears throat> really how to treat people, and you know whether that's whether that's a janitor in Adams Fieldhouse House or 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 somebody you meet you know shopping at the mall or someone downtown or and you know he. he really preached the sermon that everybody, everybody in life's important. And you know, everybody has a story. Everybody has, has some type of family and, and to respect those people, whether they're, you know, fans of Grizzly football or not. And, I you know, I think he permeated that through the, through the entire staff and, and, and ultimately, in my opinion, through the entire university. And, and I, you know, I think he, he took that on the road, everywhere we went, I think, you know what? You, what a great rivalry you have with Montana State. But honestly, how did you not like Don Reed? Even even the Bobcats, I really think deep down inside they can't ever say that that Don Reed never gave us a reason not to like him. Other than he beat us all the time, you know. <laughs> so so that was kind of neat as you went around recruiting and, and you you know the pop of Grizz was you know always a positive comment you could make in every single high school and in the state of Montana and you know all the coaches. Really respected him and liked him, <clears throat> and uh, and and those are two important factors. You know, you can people can really like you, but they don't always respect you, and vice versa. And Coach Reed had both those both those gifts that he I think he brought to you know his entire coaching career. And obviously, it was such a great fit when we went to Montana for Coach Reed because I I just think he the college town, you know, that environment where you're going to see a a farmer one day, a banker the next day, and you know, downtown Portland was a little bit different that way and 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 just the you know, the amount of attention you can get at a college campus in a smaller town like that than, than you know, downtown Portland, you know, when they're thinking about the Trailblazers and the Oregon Ducks and the Oregon State Beavers and, and, you know, we were always way down on the totem pole. But it's really a neat experience to come into a college town and and with the with the brand new stadium, I mean our timing was impeccable. And that was such a draw for Coach Reed when we all sat down and we were trying to determine if we were going to stay at Portland State or go to go to Missoula. So, you know, those doesn't seem that long ago, but man, I guess it was quite a few years ago.
0: You were in the Pac-12 for about 15 years after uh, your time at Montana, the first time around. But then you returned to Montana in 2009 and, and coached as an assistant on Bobby Halk's staff for a season what do you remember about that season and what do you think now of just the dynamic of coach Alk being back in missoula and coaching the grizzlies
3: well nine was was such a special year for me personally i just you know when you you walk in the room and you got mark mariani you know the returning punts and you're the you're the punt return coach and, and you're the receiver coach and you got him out there and you know the palmers were there and and you know great great players and you know, Andrew Sell did a really good job. At, you know, his junior year as as our quarterback, and boy, you know, we ran the table um, and and almost got it done in the national championship game. We had ahead at halftime, and and you know, unfortunately, that's you know that half, that second half, one of the biggest deploy- disappointments. I, you know, in in my career, and I'm sure Bobby might say the same thing, but. Uh, again, what a great staff he had put together and a lot of gone on. I mean, Rob, Rob Fennessy, you know, the head coach at Idaho state and did a great job for us. And, and, uh, so, you know, it, it, it was a lot like, um, you know, some of the Don Reed era, you know, that, that Bobby had put together a great staff like that. And, and, you know, Bobby was a young disciple of Don, you know, when Bobby first got into coaching and he was our graduate assistant and, obviously his, his brother Tim was playing for us. And, and then Don, I know Don was instrumental in getting Bobby to UCLA under coach Donahue. And, and, uh, Bobby is a tremendous worker now. He works really, really hard. And, you know, I, I thought he'd have a really good career and he's had a much better career than I thought. And I, I thought he'd be really successful. So I think it's, uh, it's neat for him to be able to go back to his alma mater and, and you know, and again, have his son there playing for him, and and you know, Robbie used to help me a little with the the punt returners. He used to try to distract him when he was a <laughs> was was a young man. He'd throw volleyballs at the back of him. I'd squirt him with squirt guns. It was a pretty good combination. <laughs> Since <laughs> well, Mariani became an all American punt returner, you know,
0: <laughs> and then, and then a Pro Bowl kick returner in the NFL, though. not
3: exactly, yep. yeah. Well, and yeah.
0: then then coach Alk moves on to UNLV, you take over as the head coach of Montana, and I know uh the time that time was a special one for you and also uh, the departure was one that was hard for you as well. So uh, just those 2 years being the head coach of Montana and then sort of the way it all ended. How how did that just impact you personally and what's it been like to try to just come back from everything that sort of uh, went down in Missoula in 2011?
3: Well, yeah, I think you know, I think first of all you 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 know, you're a, a long-time assistant and you you know, and Coach Ball and I've even talked about this, where you go, well, gee whiz, am I ever going to have a chance to, to be a head coach? And then sometimes you get a little bit older and you go, man, I don't know if I want to be a head coach. There's a lot of headaches. You know, you got 100 110 guys, and you got to point them all in the right direction. And then you have, uh, unfortunately, you probably will have some off-the-field issues. Uh, you know, anybody, when you have 110 people in any part of society, you know there are going to be issues. And, and so... You know that the neat part for me was, you know, walking down campus early Saturday morning and getting ready for that game, and walking by me and all, and all. You know, all those those great memories you have through the years, <clears throat> and then you know, obviously, uh, the the departure, uh, you know, was was somewhat shocking. And I think I think some of what went down, you know, some of some of history has shown that that. Jim, and, Jim O'Day and I might have done a lot of the right things. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. so you know, again, adversity hits and you you fight through it, and then you know you 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 look uh, you can hang your head high and say, well, you know what? We had a lot of young men that were became very productive citizens, and and uh, you know, we had some players accused of things that that might not have happened or or happened to the degree that they were accused of. So, again are you going to support your players when you sat in the living room and talked to their mom and grandmothers and fathers about, you know, when you come to Montana, you know, we, we basically become your parents. So, (laughs) you know, those are things that personally, it was, you know, very difficult sometimes to, uh, uh, you know, I think nowadays it's like, well, Hey, we can't defend you. You know, we can't defend you in anything now. And, And to me, you know, that's, that's really tough on a family, you know, you, you let your son go away to Flagstaff or Missoula and boy, you want him to have, be supportive of of the, that coaching staff. So, so, you know, some of those things were, were very trying and, 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 you know, moving forward was, was difficult. You know, it really was, but, uh, again, you, you know, you hope you can, you can grow and, and be productive again. And, and so, you know, it's been, it's been really, uh, an interesting ride, so to speak. But, you know, it's really neat now coaching for a guy I know and trust and and being with my son. So we're really looking forward to the season.
0: Robin Flugrad joining us. He is the assistant head coach and tight ends coach in Northern Arizona, former head coach at the University of Montana, and assistant coach with the Oregon Ducks. Coach, this was great. It was awesome catching up with you. We really appreciate the time and, and best of luck this weekend and throughout the rest of the season. We hope to talk to you soon. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not.
1: There you go. Robin Flugrad with Colton Juana's. earlier today. Our appreciation. Uh, to uh, to him for coming on with us and uh, yeah, looking forward to the game this weekend. If you missed part of that interview or want to play it again, let's do it. we got it on the podcast for you. So you go get it uh, to Tutelna and one's podcast uh, wherever you would like to. Coulter is out. He has gone over to the University of Montana to uh, uh, interview a couple of players over there. The player's available after practice, so it's kind of, you know, We'll, we'll work around the timing situation, do that. Uh, but we'll come back and talk about a couple of things. I did want to acknowledge quickly, uh, before, uh, before we get out, but it is, uh, September 11th, of course. And, uh, the 18 years since, uh, the, uh, terrorist attack of 2001, remarkable, uh, in reflection. Sometimes those, uh, moments, especially in terms of their duration, catch up to you and you go, "Oh man, it's been, I can't believe it was 18 years. It doesn't seem, uh, seem like that at all. And, uh, and, I don't have, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and kind of expound on any of this, but certainly want to acknowledge and recognize, uh, once again, all of the, uh, the first responders uh, here locally in the state of Montana, certainly in New York and just across the country, uh, and, uh, and what that day represented for them in particular, and certainly for all the rest of us uh, in general uh, as Americans, and, and, uh, and that terrible day uh, and that dark day in our history and, uh, and every day, every, every year that it rolls around, it is certainly worth acknowledging, worth remembering, uh, and, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, taking a step back towards each other and, uh, back together and, uh, and, uh, setting aside some differences and, and, coming together, uh, as a group, as a country and, uh, as communities wherever we are. But, uh, September 11th, 2019, 18 years after the fact, um, a moment of reflection. We'll take a break. Be back right after this. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed. Guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Got to have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat
0: your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in.
1: Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber-optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber-optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing.
0: Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing.
1: Click on the link below. Go blackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know... What they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana.
0: So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now
1: to tell in Niwantes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. Team USA, out of the FIBA World Cup in the quarterfinals. Losing to France, 89-79. What does it mean? Um, well, not too much as far as I'm concerned, but I'm just one man. It is Tell Nwanda's. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83, and see online at kurtzpolaris.com. If you missed anything in the show, including Coulter's interview with Robin Flugrad, you can listen to it on the podcast, the podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can get the Two-Tel Nuwana's podcast. It is there thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Happy to be across the state on SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Uh, U.S. losing to France in the FIBA World Cup uh eighty nine seventy nine uh, once you get to the tournament portion of this uh uh FIBA World Cup, it is a single elimination, so the United States is out, and they do not even so much as uh medal as it were uh and <clears throat> a lot of i don't know n b a fans around the country very upset for various reasons the United States you know not putting its best foot forward on the basketball floor heard some you know pretty negative reactions people upset about the guys who were not on this basketball team. Um, coach Popovich, uh, who they certainly didn't short the coach of the team, uh, getting the best in the business to go there with the team, uh, did say afterwards, quote, I think it's, disrespect, it's a disrespectful notion to even bring something like the Stars who withdrew up. Uh, that's disrespectful to France and to whoever else is in this tournament. France beat us. It doesn't matter who was on the team, end quote. And I understand his perspective on that. Uh, with, you know, you're there, you got the guys that you got, the guys who didn't want to play, didn't play. Obviously, many of those guys are the best players that the that the United States has to offer. You know, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, among others, many others. Um, but nonetheless... Uh, people upset with those guys for not playing. I don't understand. I mean, the feeble World Cup is... I mean, okay. You know, it's a thing. It happens. It's an international competition. You can go play it in, in, in it if you want. But for young players in the NBA, and this was a team that was full of quite a few young players, Donovan Mitchell was outstanding, by the way, 29 points. Uh, in this basketball game, uh, uh, you know, Chris Middleton, others, you know, it's great experience, some camaraderie, some coaching from a guy that you don't play for, and Greg Popovich, you get to represent the country and so forth. And I'm sure it's disappointing to them, maybe slightly embarrassing to them. If they weren't able to, you know, go out there and win this thing. Obviously, a loss earlier in a tournament and so forth. But if you are an NBA player of a certain first of all, level, and also of a certain uh, uh, experience level. Like a level as a player in terms of your quality and also the number of years you've been doing it. This is just more wear on the tires to go and participate in this thing. And, you know, I'm sure it would be fun, sure, and be enjoyable. But also, you know, you you don't need to be playing. In fact, it would probably behoove you to not play when it comes to your profession in the NBA. And well, let's be honest, the FIBA World Cup is a secondary tournament at most internationally. I mean, obviously, the Olympics is number one. And, you know, this may set some things in motion headed into the Olympics next year. But for this particular tournament, people who, think, you know, are so upset that the United States didn't win this or isn't going to win this thing, I don't know. Okay. You know? Everybody knows that the best American players weren't necessarily there. The guys that were there played played well at times, didn't play well at other times. And by the way, how good is France? I mean, Rudy Gobert is the best player on the floor. He's playing for France. There's nobody on Team USA that could deal with him this morning. And so credit to him, you know, and credit to that French team that, that you know, handled the United States, particularly in the fourth quarter, outscored the U.S. 26-13. to 13 yes had actually a 3 point lead headed into the fourth quarter and lost it and and uh, is now out of the tournament it is a long win streak that has snapped uh for uh, team USA but nonetheless i don't judge i don't i don't have any problem with any player not wanting to go play in this tournament i don't think it's soft i don't think it's lame i don't think it's disrespectful i don't think it's any of that stuff i think you know you have to make the decision that's best for you this is an extracurricular activity, and it would be a fun one. It could be one that also could you know be meaningful to you in terms of representing uh, the United States. But by the way, many of the guys who chose not to already have done that, and you know this is kind of where you're at. And Team USA would you know needs to kind of see where it's at, and maybe it needs to do some things to lure some of those guys. But when you talk about the contracts, that's significant. And when you talk about the amount that you're going to play risk of injury, or even just, you know, usage. All that factors into it, seems to me. And, uh, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow for Team USA, but it ain't the end of the world. It ain't the end of the world. It's Tell tale 102.9 ESPN Radio. Hey, Tomorrow, come on down to the press box. We are going to be giving away our uh, last pair of tickets for the Grizzly Oregon Duck football game. We have the tickets in hand We've uh, been contacting winners uh, all week long. They've been coming in, getting their tickets, very happy, I can tell you, to be going to the Grizzly Oregon Duck football game Saturday night in Austin Stadium. 7.45 kickoff Pacific time, late window, 8.45 Mountain Standard time across the state of Montana. Will be available to watch on the Pac-12 network, Uh, so uh, that will be uh, uh, nice to see, I'm sure. I'll look forward to watching that on Saturday night with all of you. Uh, take it easy at the brew fest at the fall rendezvous from the NBA at Karis park on Saturday. It gets over 45 minutes before kickoff. Okay. You got to make it till about midnight. So you just, you know, sample it, see what's good, see what you like, but you know, don't get crazy out there. People, you know, have a little self-discipline. Uh, also tomorrow, Tyson Alzer going to join us uh, as the subject of our ESPN roundtable. He is the beat writer of the Oregon ducks working for the athletic He is from Alaska. He went to the University of Montana, so how about that? A guy who matriculated through the journalism program at the University of Montana and now covers the Oregon Ducks. Probably a pretty good guy uh, to have there that aired today at noon. But if you missed it or if uh, you want to hear it again, we'll have it for you at 5 o'clock tomorrow on the show as part of as our part of our ongoing ESPN Roundtable Series. So come on down to the press box tomorrow all afternoon. We'll have giveaways for you, swag to give away. And uh, again, we will pull that last name out uh, for tickets to go to the Grizzly-Organ Duck football game. Along those lines... Uh, the Grizzlies again 36 and a half point underdogs in this football game uh, on uh, on Saturday I'm excited about this game uh, I think I always think it's fun to step up occasionally it's not something that I think if you're Montana or Montana State you want to do uh, every year but I think once every two years something like that maybe once every three every guy that that goes and plays you know his career at a at a, at a school like Montana or Montana State, I think deserves an opportunity to play on the biggest stages that college football has to offer, and uh, those are available, you know, in those in those FBS step up games, especially to the Power Five schools, and particularly uh, for the University of Montana. I mean, they're playing uh, the team that is the highest ranked team. Of any of the teams that other big sky teams are playing, maybe Idaho against Penn State. I'm not sure what Penn State uh, is ranked. I can check that out for you here in a moment. But the uh, uh, the Oregon Ducks are, you know, they were they would have been a top ten team had it not been for that very close loss uh, to Auburn. They dropped down to 15, but they're a top 15 team. Penn State is 13, so uh, technically two spots higher. But talking about, you know, one of the best teams in the country, the highest uh, ranked. Pac-12 team outside of Utah, who is at 11 right now. And, again, probably, probably the best environment in the Pac-12 to play in in terms of the, the you know the loudness, the craziness of it. Uh, obviously, Oregon State is another state school that has a Pac-12 team, but let's be honest, the disparity between Oregon and Oregon State in football is greater than in any of the, you know, Arizona, Arizona State, uh, uh, Washington, Washington State, any of the Cal schools, I mean, it's just not even not even close. Oregon is is as close to a one school state on the on the Power Five school as you can get while still having two schools in your state. Uh, and so it's going to be a great test, a great environment, and I think uh, an, an opportunity that Montana players should uh, embrace. Now we know that Bobby Howe is taking no prisoners. That this coaching staff, who has been everywhere, when you talk about the guys on this coaching staff uh, that have that have. Uh, uh, you know, for Barry Sachs to Kent Bear and the veterans of that group that have coached at Washington, Bama, Florida, uh, Notre Dame, everywhere. Uh, this is not this is this is not new territory to them, and they walk with no you know subtlety about how much you know they care or don't care about you know the Oregon Ducks or where they're going to play and all that. Whether that's the right way to approach this thing, I don't know. I think uh, you get your players prepared and you go out there and do what you do and see where the where the chips fall. Um, But I don't think that this is a Montana team that's in any way scared of the Oregon Ducks. This is a team that's going to be prepared to play, going to play well, I expect, in this football game, but is outmatched in the football game. They're they're outmatched basically across the board, uh, and that is, you know, that's what it is. So Samori Torre, a guy who's from Oregon, a guy who, you know, Probably would have liked to have a look from the Ducks. Uh, didn't get one. Now he's got a chance to play in Austin Stadium. There's going to be a little extra there for him, and I think that is meaningful, and I think that is one, if not the only area, where these, where you know, the Grizzlies maybe can get a little bit of an advantage, where there's going to be some guys with some chips on their shoulder, even though those are kind of pushed to the margins a little bit, pushed to the back burner. You're not allowed to go say that. You're just going to go play football the way you do every year. I think there's a little something there. I think there's a little something extra. I think it's going to be a really fun game. I look forward to it on Saturday. We'll certainly talk more about it. We'll hear from Bobby Hout and some players tomorrow and Friday as well. Continue to get you ready for the football weekend across the state of Montana. Boys and girls, tomorrow, the press box, come say hi, hang out. We'll be happy to be there with you. Till then, have a wonderful Wednesday evening. See the one is ESPN and Radio, SWX Montana Television. Montana Television.